Well, good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRNAM for Tuesday, March 7th, 2023. And our top story today, housing affordability is at a record low. And joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Deidre Willard is with The Motley Fool. Deidre, always great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Thank you. Happy to be here. All right, let's talk housing affordability, Deidre. And, and I've got some statistics here, I think, from Redfin. One in five U.S. homes for sale last year were affordable for the typical household. So just 20%. I want to get your reaction to that number first. Yeah, we, we certainly don't like to see numbers like that. And, and the impact on, you know, on, on future generations is what I worry about with that. The number is a little misleading because it you know, it varies very much by region. So that's something to keep in mind when you're looking at that blanket 20%. But yeah, it's a concern. Yeah. And and really good point. I mean, people put a lot of statistics out there oftentimes to make a point. You've got to kind of look deeper, down and deeper. But but this is show, um, do you have some level of concern? I mean, people who have never owned a home, it's just so difficult to have the the cap. First of all, there's not a glut of homes. There's not a huge inventory, although there are built, there's building occurring, but does it concern you? And what does it mean for future generations to not be able to own a home, maybe just to rent, which is not a bad thing, by the way, I do it. It is, it is not a bad thing at all. Uh, the, the concern for me with future generations is that the home is often a store of wealth, right? It, you've, you've got leverage because you, you take a loan, so you don't need to put all of your money in that and you gain equity over time. For a lot of people, that becomes very valuable if you stay in a house a long time. That can help you, you know, it, it'll help you a lot as you as you move toward retirement. So it's a big concern. And you mentioned inventory. We can we typically consider uh, a six-month supply a healthy market. That means it's balanced between buyers and sellers. We haven't had that since the great financial crisis, really. So it's it's been a long-term problem. Yeah, and, and obviously some hesitancy for obvious reasons when it comes to building lots of properties. And as you, your point during 2008, I think Florida and some other areas, there were just a glut of inventory that I think people had to hold on to or building uh, builders had to hold on to. Deidre, let's talk a little bit about mortgage rates because I, I was reading this morning as I was putting together the newsletter, I think it's close to 7% now. I could be wrong. Somewhere in the 6 to 7%. What impact or is that having a, a huge impact on affordability? Because you got to also pay in addition to paying for that home, whether you t- and if you take a mortgage, most do, you're going to pay a, a higher rate of interest. Yeah, yeah. The, the impact of this cannot be under, uh, you know, understated. The average 30-year fixed, uh, most recently, I think, uh, was around 6.65. So the monthly mortgage payment on the median asking price uh, increased over $500 from this time last year, according to that Redfin data. And so we've just been seeing this go up and up. And yeah, it is a very big concern right now. And in terms of solutions, let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, how do you, how do you fix uh, affordability? I mean, one is you got to increase supply. So you got to, I, I would think, I'm not a, you and I are n- neither economists, but you have a lot more sense for the market. How do we, how do we solve this to, to create affordability? I mean, uh, 
is it does it happen at the at the legislative level? Does it happen at the private sector level? Does it happen in, with a combination of both? It really it really does have to be both because builders aren't going to build when it doesn't make sense for them. So you can put things in crepe in place like uh, in incentives for for building for building affordable housing like low income housing tax credits and things like that. So yeah, absolutely, public and private partnership. As far as mortgages, we're waiting. We're always waiting to see what's going to happen with the Fed. And at this point, they're not going to cut anytime soon. Hopefully, mortgage rates will stabilize. They don't necessarily go in lockstep together. But if the Fed keeps keeps going, that is a concern. And I want to ask you one last question because I think it'll help transition to our next topic, which is aging in place. What about other alternatives to homes, um, communities? Uh, taking some of those office spaces that people are no longer using because they're working remotely. Uh, how about some of the existing infrastructure that we have, malls, uh, communities like that? I mean, does that represent an opportunity to create more affordable housing? It does, but probably not at the scale we need. We've absolutely seen projects of older malls being being turned into housing. We've seen projects, some office space conversion. It's happening more now, but converting an office is is problematic. And the other problem is, is that most of the country is not zoned for multifamily residential. And so that creates a huge problem. People don't necessarily want communities next to single family areas that is changing and i'm hopeful that that will change more but that is also uh, part of part of the problem there yeah it seems like uh we're kind of trapped in an iron maiden if you remember that torch well you may not remember it but if you've seen that torture device you turn one way you're trapped and you turn another way you're trapped so it sounds like there's a lot to kind of work through there well thanks deidre really great insight i need to take a very quick break when we come back u.s houses just really aren't set up for aging in place you're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network.
audits, tax liens, wage garnishments. Every day we hear stories like this about good folks who are simply struggling to pay their bills. Each of them are living a frightening IRS tax nightmare and they are afraid it will destroy their lives. I'm a divorced single mom and my ex-husband left me and the kids with a lot of unpaid bills, including unpaid taxes. I was really starting to show my stress on my kids because the IRS had sent me a letter demanding a huge payment from me. I couldn't afford it. So then the IRS was threatening to garnish my wages. I'm already living paycheck to paycheck. That would have put me over the edge financially. It truly seemed hopeless, but then a friend at work told her to call the tax relief line. The people at the tax relief line, they told me about something called innocent spouse relief. They worked it out so that all of the taxes from my ex are not my problem. I don't know how that works and, and I don't care. All I care about is that I don't owe the IRS a dime and they are not going to take my paycheck. Even if it seems hopeless, you should call the number on your screen right now. There is absolutely no cost for the call or the consultation. You are under no obligation. If you are worried that the IRS could garnish your wages, seize your assets, even take your home, call us right now. The tax relief line is here to help you. Now you have a knowledgeable, professional team of tax experts that are ready to negotiate with the IRS and fight for you to save you money. The Tax Relief Line's professionals have successfully negotiated thousands of cases, reducing and sometimes even eliminating the tax debt for their clients. It's very easy to get started. Simply call the number on your screen right now. You don't have to live in fear anymore. The call and the consultation are free. Well, Deidre, thanks so much for sticking with us. Really appreciate you hanging around as always for segment number two. I'm excited to talk about this next topic. Yeah, this, this one's really interesting because according to, I think an article that I had shot over to you, eight in 10 baby boomers don't wanna to go to a senior care facility yet just one in 10 homes, again, averages numbers, are set up properly for aging in place. I wanna get your reaction to this. Yeah, we, we just talked about housing affordability. We just talked about inventory, right? There's been a prediction that there will be, uh, I believe Zillow coined the term of the silver tsunami of a bunch of homes flooding the market when people decide to transition to nursing homes. It isn't happening. People are moving, but not, not to the extent that it was expected. And most people do want to age in place, but it is very, very tricky and and I think we're going to be seeing a lot more focus on that in the future. Let's talk about making your home set up for aging in place. I mean, it could be lowering the countertops. It could be putting a bedroom on the first floor. Uh, my wife and I went shopping for homes. We, we didn't buy anything, but we went looking at homes. And the, the, the trend now is to put the, the, on the first floor, put the master bedroom suite. Uh, how do you get your home set up and, and for that? And, and I would imagine that's a pretty sizable expense. It is a sizable expense, certainly one level living. And one of the things that is a challenge with aging in place is it depends on the region in terms of what types of housing stock there are. So if you're in Southern California or Arizona, lots of single story ranch houses. If you're in Massachusetts, maybe a lot more uh, multi-story houses. And so that is a concern. Yeah, there's lots of things to consider. Ramps to get into the house, uh, hallways wide enough to, to for a wheelchair, 
uh, bathrooms that can accommodate a wheelchair or that people can roll into the shower. There's a lot of uh, bathtub conversions happening right now. So there are a lot of factors for aging in place safely. Yeah, and, and caregiving, another one that's really important. You got to have access. If you want to stay at home, you need a caregiver, presumably. That could be someone like a family member or it could be a professional. And candidly, Deidre, there just aren't enough caregivers right now for those people that want to age in place. I mean, you know, we've got a very large aging population. We need more caregivers. We absolutely do. This is something that I'm personally going through right now with, with my mother and caregiving, um, also driving, being able to get access to, to go easily to doctor's appointments or get medication or get food. And on a greater level, also sense of community, people who are aging in place, they can get very isolated without places to go, especially if they can't drive and maybe a caregiver is visiting once or twice a week. So there's a lot of concerns for sort of emotional health as well, which is important to seniors. Yeah. And I'm thinking you mentioned your mom, thinking about my mom taking care of her mother or my dad taking care of his father and mother. That's a, that's a considerable time and effort out of the work. And my parents were both working at the time. They had to take time out of their day to work. Let's talk about some solutions to this or potential solutions. And again, I want to come back and ask, you know, is it a private sector, a public sector, a combination? Look, we just got to face the facts. We're getting older day by day. Sometimes I feel older than I am. But in reality, our society is getting older. And by the way, Deidre, we're not the only society that's getting older. Japan, China, you look around the globe, they're all getting older. So they're all facing this. But so how do we... How do we solve this? It sounds like we need more infrastructure in addition to the types of homes that, uh, you know, with the lower countertops and the roll-in bathtubs, et cetera. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned Japan because they're sort of using a lot more technology to solve these problems because they're facing, they face this problem a little bit before what we're seeing. So they're looking at, at more monitoring, remote cameras, also robotics, bringing things like that into the home. It is a... It is a sort of a multi-tiered problem. And yeah, I don't think at this point it would be a, it seems to mostly be being solved on a private level, but a lot of people are retiring without significant savings. And that is also a problem for people that are you know, going to be using social services. Are we going to overburden our systems? Yeah, really good point. Medicare, uh, Social Security, those are both programs that are always in the news, but they seem to be in Big news these days with the trust fund uh, set to, I guess, run out sooner, maybe a year or two sooner. Um, so it puts a lot of pressure on the on the social programs that you're talking about and also the infrastructure. It just seems like this is a, a major, t- you know, obviously government has a responsibility when it comes to our protecting us, adjudicating our differences, all that kind of stuff. But when it comes to aging, you got to have the infrastructure in place to support people. Uh, Deidre, we're going to have to leave it there. Really interesting conversation. I think it's one that we're going to be talking about for quite some time. Enjoy the rest of your day, and we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon. Thank you so much. And that wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more, all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, or visit our website and, of course, all of our streaming partners. We're back again tomorrow for another edition of BRNAM. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes. Put if you
Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.